What's up, guys? Welcome to the Flawed Dad's Guide to Parenting, the podcast all about the average flawed dad learning to be a better parent. Today, we're chatting with David Metzger from the Nurse Papa podcast and his upcoming book, named the same, that will be released in August. His podcast discusses pertinent parenting topics and answers listener questions with incredible production quality. Stick around and listen as a couple flawed dads figure out how not to screw up our kids too bad. Hey, David, how are you doing? Hey, uh, Warren, it's good to see you. I'm, I'm glad to be talking with you tonight and join the Flawed Dad Company. Thanks so much. It's, uh, it's great to have you on. Um, I mentioned to you before we started, I, I checked out your podcast and, and you, did, you told me that I would love it. You specifically told me, Warren, you will love this. And I did. It's fantastic. I love the stories that you've got going on. I love your daughter's voice in it. Um, as I mentioned in the intro, the production quality is awesome. It's a great podcast with some really good stories. Um, how did you, I, I mean, so Nurse Papa, like for those people that don't know your podcast, tell me a little bit about your background, a little bit about your family um, and being a nurse. Yeah, so um, Nurse Papa is the title of the book I wrote. Um, and it's really about my, the the story about the intersection of my life as a father of two kids and my role as a pediatric oncology nurse taking care of sick kids um, and the lessons I've learned at the bedside and how I've been able to apply, you know, this great wisdom from my patients and their, um, and their parents to my own life as a parent. And likewise, how my role as a father has really bled into my life as a pediatric nurse. Right. Do you, do you find that being a pediatric nurse and kind of, I guess you're seeing a lot of families at their lows, right? And in, in going through oncology, that sort of thing. Do you find that you take a lot away from that and you're putting it into your family, maybe learning what not to do a lot of the time? Absolutely. I have been a fly on the wall in some very uncomfortable rooms before mm-hmm. um, and definitely taken home um the messages of what, you know, can harm a child and also harm myself as a parent. Um, you know, they're not always direct correlations to, you know, how I act as a, as a, a parent, but I definitely um, have learned a lot from what parents have done wrong, but also what parents have done right. I've yeah. seen some amazing parents and I have to say the majority of the, of the parents I work with, with the sick kids in the hospital are just fabulous people. I mean, they've just really come through it, you know, and gone through a dark tunnel and regardless of the outcomes with their kids and often it's a very poor outcome um have developed into amazing people you know as you as a as a parent you keep on growing life doesn't doesn't stop when you become a parent you you learn something new every day and it's these really tragic circumstances and these these triumphs as well that you know really make you who you are as a a dad or a mom right so would you go ahead graham has your outlook changed at all with these experiences uh, yeah. relating to parenting or just life in general? I mean, absolutely. Like, I mean, there's, I, there's not really a separation anymore. Um, yeah. At, at some points I've, I've tried to decipher how I'm going to, you know, decide which role I'm going to play. Am I going to be dad here or I'm going to be a nurse here, you know, as I travel between these two, caregiver roles because that's what I do right I go to work and I take care of sick kids I come home I take care of healthy kids I wouldn't say that it's necessarily easier to take care of healthy kids (laughs) yeah you know and you know being of course taking care of sick kids has its own 
fraughts and challenges, but um, I definitely have decided that there, there is not really a distinction in the roles. I mean, I take the same wisdom as, and the same mistakes as a parent, you know, to my nursing life. And, you know, I think it's a, a big circle of knowledge that I'm constantly trying to improve myself as a person and as, as a parent. Yeah. Do you think you have a, a way better bedside manner with your kids because of your, your profession? Like, are you, oh my are you God, way yeah. more calm or? So you mean with my kids or with the yeah. kids at the hospital? No, with your, with your kids. Do you, do you find that it comes home with you or are you, or are oh. you, you know, Dr. Jekyll and, and Mr. Hyde, like the two different environments? I mean, you'll have to catch me on the, the sp specific day, my friend, but um <laughs> Yeah, no, I can be a real asshole at my at my house. Are we allowed to cuss on this show? Oh fuck yeah! No, okay. not at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, and I think that's probably, you know, my biggest regret as a parent is my my temper that <laughs> I often forget that instead of being angry, I could do a much better job by being playful and persuading, and that's something I do a great job at work. I mean, whether it's because I have professional standards to upkeep or I just have a, a natural way of being when I'm in the hospital, but I'm incredibly patient in the hospital with some very, very difficult situations and parents and kids. I have spent many minutes listening to the hearts and lungs of teddy bears before I even come mm -hmm. close to a child because I know that they need to trust me and they need to understand who I am and I'm not going to hurt them. And I am way gruffer and have way less patience with my own kids. And it is a sad state of affairs. I'm really, I feel well, really bad you're about not that. alone at all. I, I think that's, we that is that so true. Religiously, yeah. Uh, yeah. About sort of anger and controlling that. And, and what steps to do uh, just back to your point, uh, like it, it boils up often so quickly um, that it's, it's hard to control uh, sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I think our kids, they just, they are genetically built to get under our skin. I mean, they know us, they know what makes us tick. <laughs> it's just their job and they do it well. <laughs> like little, little ticks that we created that just yep. bury their head in them. They're experts in getting, you know, in pissing us off. And um, it's hard, it's really hard. And yeah. it's a hard disconnect between home and work. And I have to say also, you know, there are a lot of times when I bring work home, uh -huh. and, you know, just this week, um, I was taking care of a teenager who I've been taking care of for a long time and he passed away, um, at work and oh, shit, I'm sorry. No, it's, it's, it, you know, this happens all the time. Yeah. This is not like a, it's sad. Of course it's sad. And, yeah. you know, I, I hate that that has to be part of life that a kid dies uh -huh. too soon. But I, I'd much rather be there for be there for it. Just because you don't see something doesn't mean it's not there. Like yeah, there's so right. much suffering that happens in the world. And if we could make it go away by not seeing it, like, you know, as if a tree falling in the forest doesn't happen because you don't hear it, then that'd be great. But it's just not the case. I'd rather have the opportunity to be there and to have a positive effect on somebody's life. But in any case, it, I was very sad. It, I mean, I don't think I outwardly expressed myself. I didn't cry at work. I, I rarely do that. Um, but I didn't notice that when I got home, I, w I didn't have the kind of control that I usually have. Um, you know, my son is always testing my patience. <laughs> he's, he's four years old and, you know, he's just learning how to navigate the world and how to like, you know, use his voice. Um, and, you know, he told, told, he told me a few days ago, he said, Papa, 
I don't like you. Um, <laughs> so cold. So and, uh, cold. Yeah. And just like, yeah, just like drop <laughs> that. Just point. drop that and yeah. walked away. Yeah. And I straight just, face delivery. Yeah. No remorse. I yeah. mean, yes, Al Pacino, just like, I don't yeah. like you. Yeah. Um, and I just, it just floored me. And I got so mad. And it was just so inappropriate. <laughs> you know, I was dealing with, I was dealing with things. And um, the poor boy got in the way of that. (laughs) (laughs) It is, it is so interesting how, and I think, I think a lot of dads do this is we have two completely different personalities between work and, and the home. I know I, I spend a huge amount of time educate, educating people in, in my job. And then I come home and trying to teach like simple mathematics or whatever to my kids. I can't do it. I just, I don't have the patience yet. I can spend an hour at work explaining to somebody how a simple financial instrument works, but I can't do simple subtraction with my kids. And there, therein lies the tragedy of zoom school because there are (laughs) millions of parents who are just losing their shit every day. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's so true. uh, Just thinking on that topic there, Warren, uh, about their two different, lifestyles and personas so back to sort of your work as well i'm not sure if there are situations because you're probably gonna have to be a lot more empathetic but in work life there are scenarios where you end up talking to co-workers or some scenario where in at home it could set you off that much more and yet in a work environment somehow we're able to actually control that anger dial and, and ratchet it back and realize, no, no, you know, I probably shouldn't be uh, blasting out and yelling at this person straight away. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, we, we save our deepest emotions. We save our love and our rage for the people we're closest to, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's just the mm-hmm. way it is because we know they're not going anywhere. And it's the same way. <laughs> it's the same way that our kids do it. You know, that's that's what kids do. They test us. Yeah. You know, my son comes up and he tells me he hates me or my daughter does something else that she knows will just you know, devastate me. And it's, it's a test. They don't know they're doing it, but they're doing it to make sure that I'm not going anywhere. And, you know, they're right. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't teach a lesson by just leaving. I did that a few times, you know, just like, <laughs> you know, the bus station called me and they brought her back. Um, no, it's just like, it's, it's okay. It's, it's okay to, um, to act poorly with your family because you know, they love you. <laughs> that's the, that's the idea of family, right? Is, is that yeah. sense of commitment? Yeah. Right. I mean, you it can, has you can be a dick and, and, and they're still supposed to forgive you. Supposed to. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's part of it. You know, we're all trying to be better. Um, and it, it doesn't happen all the time. No. Yeah. Um, I have to say, you know, I'm being my, I like to be honest about my flaws. This yep. is a, a flawed dad podcast. And yeah, exactly. it, it's a, it's the appropriate place for it. It is. And you'll see on my podcast, I'm pretty transparent about my many, many failures as a dad. Um, cause I, I consider it, I consider it part of the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to say that my life as a parent has been incredible for my job as a nurse. And likewise, my, my role as a nurse has taught me how to, um, to be a better dad. And it's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's a whole experience. You just have to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of that's one of the things we've uncovered in in our conversations is that no matter how great of a parent you're supposed to be, inevitably you screw up because all parenting advice is wrong. 
right? Yeah. And and every single child requires a different set of parenting parameters. And so I may be a great parent for one of my kids, but I'm going to be a terrible parent for the other ones because I'm I'm best skilled to deal with a specific personality type, but I have three completely different personality types for kids in my house. Yeah. And so no matter what, I, I, I'm going to screw up. And, and I think that's so hard for parents to accept that they think they should be delivering, you know, this perfect persona, this perfect methodology for parenting that's prescribed to them in whatever book of the day is right. That this ivory tower parenting philosophy, and then you get through it and it's a complete and utter failure because it just doesn't work for your kids. It's promoted so much as, as a sick, like, Hey, read this book and you are guaranteed uh, to be the best per, you know, on, in the world uh, type stuff. And, and I think that's where the, the big, the big disconnect is, is that you, if it doesn't work, you're like, well, I must be doing something wrong or it must not be a good pair. They cast so much more doubt potentially. Yeah. I mean, I think there are some great books out there, um, you know, but they, they shouldn't be taken as um, directions on, on what you're supposed to do. Everybody's different. Um, and you're just going to have to muddle your way through it. I didn't, in my own book, I didn't try to tell people how to be a parent. I just tried to offer, you know, really helpful stories on parents I have seen and kids I have seen in these super intense situations and suggested how they've affected my life as a parent. Mm -hmm. And by giving these relationships um, a view to other people, I'm hoping that they'll be able to gain something from it. But I don't claim to have expert knowledge. Yeah. I, I claim to have failed many times and I'm right. still here. But I think that's the best way for, for other people to learn is, is through the stories and, and other people's failures, that sort of thing. It's like the chicken soup for the soul, you know, mm-hmm. model for, for parenting is, uh-huh. is just seeing as many potential examples as you can through failures and triumphs and then being able to take what works in your personal situation. So, you know, I, that's awesome. I look forward to reading the book. Uh, Um, Yeah. I I hope you're not the only one. (laughs) (laughs) So um, you have, you have two kids. So you've got a a son and a daughter. I do. Yeah. My son Uh, is four and my daughter is six. Six. Okay. Okay. So you're, you're coming into school years and, and that sort of thing. And, and lots of change is about to, to hit you. Um, yeah, I mean, you're a step ahead of me, right? Yeah, I'm 10, 8, and 6. For, yeah, Warren for is the girls. leading yeah. expert. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> that's very, very uh, uh, overly generous, Graham, in terms of expert. I, I I, just have made more mistakes than you guys have yet. So Yeah, I <laughs> know um, yeah, it's, it's funny. I'm, you know, every stage of, of childhood, I'm enjoying, you know, I miss, I miss the babies. I love when my kids were babies and we were just walk around all day just like exploring the neighborhood and and now you know they're they're people and they can talk and they're so amazing and so annoying sometimes yeah (laughs) um but you know there's like such their personalities and i love it and i'm loving what's going to happen it's just like it's so great that you know that there are so many stages to enjoy with our kids do you ever catch yourself wishing away the moment when they're doing something really annoying but then reminding yourself that at some point you're going to find this endearing <laughs> you, you know it's kind of god why do you have to keep doing this and then you're like oh this is going to be something i look back and go why aren't they doing that anymore no i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> i think in, i think in those moments i honestly need to be more conscious of myself rather than my kids because my kids are on their own journey there 
Mm -hmm. I need to like figure out why is this pissing me off so much? And that's, that's where the real answer is, right? Like, why am I so frustrated by, mm -hmm. you know, my kids, you know, farting each other's faces? Like, I mean, <laughs> what? It, nothing wrong with a little pink actually, eye, right? No, like... no, under, yeah, no, no, understand why well, it's, it's not sanitary. <laughs> so, so what made you, what made you, I mean, obviously your experiences in, in, nursing, uh, you know, pediatric oncology, that sort of thing would, there's lots of really good stories and examples for you to share out there, but why make your voice heard in the book and then the podcast, that sort of thing? Like what, what drew you to becoming, you know, in, in all essence, a, a public figure on this topic? Oh, I like that. That's great. Um, you know, I, I've always been an artist, you know, before I was a nurse, I was a sculptor. Um, okay. and that's what I did. I create, that's what I do. There's always a project going on. There's always a way of expressing myself. And I think when I became a parent and became a nurse, that became my medium, um, before it was wood and paint. And now it's, it's relationships and kids, you know, or obviously I, how I express that is by writing about it and by, mm -hmm. you know, making stories about it. Um, the reason I decided to write this book was about five years ago, um, my son was just about to be born and I was feeling, you know, ready for this new life and feeling emotional in a way that I think was pal palatable. And I had this patient and he came to us. Um, sorry, this is going to get intense guys. <laughs> I, I got, I got the Kleenex. Okay. <laughs> so I had this patient, I'll call him Jason. Um, he came to us and he was going to get a liver transplant. And they opened him up and there was this, just a giant tumor just wrapped around his liver. Like he, it was incompatible with life anymore. So he couldn't get the transplant and he, he'd been, you know, morbidly ill for a long time. Obviously his liver wasn't working, but he was told he was going to die because that's what was going to happen. This, this tumor was going to kill him. And, you know, over the course of two weeks, I, you know, I don't know if I can say I became close with him, but I got to know him in a very intimate way um, as a nurse does, you know, taking care of somebody in this very close physical way, you know, they're mm -hmm. very fragile and very, um, you know, they depend on you. Um, and I remember I gave him, I gave him a bath one day and, you know, he went from this world of pain to this, you know, almost relaxed angelic state. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, it was less about the bath and more about, me being really present with him and right. really kind of not trying to fix his pain because it wasn't going to be fixed. He was just yeah. in so much pain, but being present with that pain and trying to let him know I was there. And mm -hmm. we were in his room after that and I thought he was sleeping. And then he just, his voice came out from the bed and he said, David, um, do you have a cat? And I said, we did have a cat, but we gave her away because my daughter didn't like her. <laughs> and he said, I have three cats, um, and one of but one of them got old and and died. And I said, Jason, that's really sad. I'm sorry. And he said, Well, that's what happens with cats. If you love cats, you have to be okay with that. And he was talking about himself, mm -hmm. like, you know, he he was he'd come to about, terms with it. Yeah, I mean, he was talking about his own death, like, he, you know, that's what it sounded like to me. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And you know, he died the next day, and. Well, I couldn't let all these stories just disappear into the ether. Yeah. I wanted there to be a reason 
for people to experience these, th these things. I wanted people to see them. Um, and I wanted to describe these stories through the lens of being a father as well, because that's yeah. what it came to me. You know, when I enter a patient's room now, I, my calling card is I'm a dad. Yeah, I'm your nurse, but I want that parent right. to know that I'm a father and I'm going to take care of your kid as well as I take care of my own kids. Mm -hmm. And it's better in some, in some oh, ways, yeah, less so anger. Exactly. And, oh, way yeah. better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, full treatment. <laughs> yeah, change your pet. <laughs> um, so yeah, it became really important for me to tell those stories and it, it's become its whole new monster on its own. You know, mm -hmm. like I said, the book told me, took me, um, we were talking before the interview started that this book took me five years to write. Yeah, that's incredible. And it's been a, a very intense experience. You know, I've had to go to some dark places to kind of make it through yeah. some of these chapters because I'm being honest about what these things mean to me and how, you know, about my own failings as, as a dad. So the book is done and, you know, I have a publisher and it's coming out in August and I decided I'm going to start a podcast. And my wife said, well, you, you spent five years <laughs> writing a book and putting me through that. And now you're going to start a podcast that has no end to it. <laughs> the book at least was going to be published, but the, who yeah. knows when this podcast is going to end. <laughs> Something else to drag your time away from the household. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, for me, the podcast is, is different from the book and it's a lot more fun mm -hmm. because I'm able to you know, really be honest about kind of the happiness and sadness of parent of parenthood and mm -hmm. to tell these stories that are entertaining, but also are really edifying. Yeah. Um, and it's been a really fun experience is a fun experience to do that, but also to get people's reactions from it and have people enjoy it. Because I think parents really want to see and hear something they relate to. Yeah. They don't want to be yeah. talked down to. They want to know that what they've gone through everybody else is going through too. Yeah. Do you, I was going to ask, do you think there's a bit of a movement right now of this more realistic uh, image of, of parenting that, you know, there's, there's a whole Instagram and, and Facebook thing where you only show the, the perfect side of your life and, and this, you know, the public persona that you really want to be to put out there but there's a lot more dads and parents that are saying, okay, we're just going to show it the real way it is and, and yeah. actually talk about the issues. And for sure. I mean, there's a lot of influencers, if that's what you can call them, who are parents yeah. who their shtick is just being totally real about mm -hmm. who they are and what they've gone through. And I think though that experience of being honest about your life mm -hmm. is very um, it's very interesting. And I think it's very appealing to lots of people. Um, you know, people do it through different ways. There's, there's lots of um, really dark humor coming out of some parents right now. And I think um, that's also really interesting. But yeah, I think it is definitely a, an alternative to showing all the su super happy images. Yeah, I, I have a really difficult time trusting somebody who only has happy images. It, it just, it seems so fake to me. And I, I just, I want to see all blemishes and all. Yeah. That's, I, that's somebody that's, that I can trust. Cause I, I mean, know they're going to be much more like me. Social media is all bullshit <laughs> anyway. Right. I mean, it's all about the image that we want to put out there. Mm -hmm. um, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I feel like obliged to involve myself with it because I want people to, to listen to my podcast and I want people to yeah. read my book, but I, despise being on Instagram. I despise being on Twitter. 
Would you uh, delete it if you could? Would you just like wipe the whole thing clean? I can't. I, I know, but if you if you could, <laughs> if you didn't, if you if you weren't reliant on it for for marketing, advertising, the the types of things that we're doing. Oh hell yeah, right? yeah. Would you no, just absolutely? Yeah. So, yeah, I would have so, nothing to do with that. It's it's a time sucker. It's a soul sucker. Um, it is devoid of of, of most value. <laughs> so Graham doesn't have it. Graham yeah. doesn't have Instagram. He doesn't have personal Facebook. He doesn't have anything. Like well, I mean, I, I have accounts, but yes. How do we even know Graham exists? <laughs> that I mean, that's well, a good question. Like the digital shadow. Like Graham has a massive digital shadow, right? Yeah. Just and underground. Well, I mean, I guess this is a this is a question for Graham. Like, how do you feel, Graham? Well, I feel fine. There's no, there's no. <laughs> interesting thing about social media is that it, it, it's sort of a self-fulfilling, like social media exists. And the reason why I always find it surprising, like the sort of the cat and mouse or the which comes first, et cetera. People, only, people largely like seeing um, attractive individuals or positive stories, or this is whatever. Like it, it, it's, it's hard to find social media where it's like someone being realistic or coming up with the had a really bad day or whatever it is. Like people scroll past that. Um, and for especially content creators, et cetera, I mean, you're, if your livelihood is around trying to get more views and content, et cetera, and nobody wants to see the other stuff, well, then you're sort of forced to be fake and more positive, et cetera. So it's a, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that uh, exists. It's a, it's a weird world. Uh, but then if you believe in that and you believe in things like the secret, then you're just putting more positive energy in the world and eventually your life's going to become positive. Yeah. Right? What the fuck is up with the secret, man? Like, <laughs> I know. I, Bullshit I, I, or, or a good idea. That, no, that's my question for you, David. Do you, the secret bullshit or it, do you think it has some, some validity? So I did read it a long time ago when I was an impressionable college kid. Um, I do think it's bullshit. Um, I do think there's a lot of better ways to create what you want for yourself. And a lot of it takes hard work. Mm -hmm. You need to really engage with the world. And I, I do believe in putting your intention out there. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll tell you a story. Um, you know, getting into nursing school was very competitive where I live, you know, you know, thousands of people apply and very few people get into the school. And one thing I did do was I um, created my own acceptance letter and I put the school's letterhead on it. I emailed that to, you know, as many friends as I had, and I asked all of them to put in the mail and send it to me. So I, before I received uh, acceptance into my nursing school, mm -hmm. I received about 20 letters from my nursing school saying, Hey, you know, we, we want you in our program. Mm -hmm. yeah. And about a week later, I got a very eerily similar letter from my school. Like the, the language was spot on. So, I mean, I put myself out there and mm -hmm. I believe in intention, but um, I don't know. The secret is, it still seems like bullshit. <laughs> so, so returning back to the, the topic of social media for your kids, will you let them have it? Or will you totally dissuade them from ever getting on it? I mean, it's like, it's, it's hard because my kids are all, all over my social media. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're in my ads for my podcast. They're, I post pictures of them all the time. So mm -hmm. it's, 
it's kind of not fair for me to say that you can't do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, hey, as parents, we're perfectly, we're totally allowed to be hypocrites. Yeah, okay. Like that's great. That's a God-given right as a parent is to be a complete hypocrite about okay, I didn't get like this that. handbook. I'm glad that you're telling do, me. Do as, do as I say, not as I do. That is yeah. a Miles pickup motto. Um, I think you have to be really careful about it. I don't plan on giving my kids a phone anytime soon. Mm-hmm. They're four and six. It's not going to be necessary. We'll encounter that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. You've got older How about kids. TikTok? Uh, no. That, okay. <laughs> I have. So I am oh, on the hate again. <laughs> Nurse Papa is on TikTok. He has six followers. <laughs> yeah. You'll find very few people who are as inept at TikTok as I am. Um, yeah. So I, I have very little patience for it. Mm-hmm. As far as social media goes, I do not consume it you're not going to find me looking at people's Facebook um, profiles or Mm -hmm. diving deep into Instagram. um, Because I think it, I think it takes away from your life. When I use social media, I'm very directed I communicate with people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I reached out to you guys because I, you know, I saw your show. I liked the concept and I listened to an episode. It was the episode with uh, Ryan Rucker. I thought was great. Yeah. I really, you know, he's, we're in the same town. I definitely need to reach out to him. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, That was a, that was a great interview. It was, it was really fun to record that too. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great guy. He's a very natural speaker. um, And his, I haven't listened to his show yet, but the concept of it is, is great. So I'm looking forward to taking, taking a dive into it. But uh, yeah, when I use social media, I I do it in a way that is intentional. Mm -hmm. um, And I try not to spend too much time on it. So do you want to be, do you want to be a big like persona public figure talking about this sort of stuff or, or what's your end goal with it? Yeah. Have you been talking to my wife? Because <laughs> she has, she has not this that exact... we'll ever admit to you, but <laughs> what did she say? <laughs> um, yeah, she asked me the same question. Yeah. And for me, um, I really just don't want to be screaming to the void anymore. Mm-hmm. I want to create something that people appreciate and find value in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I wrote a book that I think has lots of value. I've created a podcast that I think has lots of value. And I don't want those things just to sit on a shelf. I want people to consume them. I want them to learn something from them or experience them. And I want that energy to come back my way. I want to have a community. Um, So I don't really know what my intentions are other than to participate in this human space that we all live in and try to be a good part of it. Yeah. Right. I mean, do I want to be famous? No, that's not my, yeah, not my jam. Yeah, fame's fame's definitely a double-edged sword. Yeah, it's it, you know nice to have, but terrible to have at the same time. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. It's, it's not, not going to happen. <laughs> not too not, worried about that. No, I'm not sure. I'm not sure parenting topics really drag you to the top of the fame no. charts, right? Like, it's, no, I don't think so. I mean, there's, are, there's some heavy hitters are, there, but not me. You're just talking about the secret stuff, and you're sitting that bar low. Jeez, you gotta, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody's going to listen to us anyways. <laughs> yeah. No, I just want to put some good stuff out into the world. You know, we're all here yeah. for such a short time. It's, you know, it goes by so quickly. I remember when my kids were babies. I remember when I didn't have kids. I remember when I was a teenager and now I'm 44 years old. Like our, our time on this planet is not long. So for me, I want to just put something positive out there that maybe will last a little longer than I will. <laughs> So you got a you got a late start at parenting then, you know, yeah, starting my, uh, at thirty nine, right? Yeah. So my son was born on my fortieth birthday, 
which is now our birthday because, well, no, listen, Same birthday? I didn't, yes, on my 40th birthday, my son was born. Wow. Okay. So I will no longer have a real adult No, birthday you party. you actually don't matter anymore. Like, Uh, just like, yeah. it, it just another level of not mattering. Yeah. Yeah. So every year, you know, it's it's gonna be a super. I'm gonna have a superhero birthday party. Um, that's And you'll fine get because, superhero ties and underwear and yeah, you know, the same shit you know, that every dad every year gets. we go birthday camping. My son and I. So far, it's happened for four years in a row. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, but you know, we it's his birthday, not mine. Is Yeah. how Right. we how we frame it. Um, yes, yeah, so my daughter was born. two years before that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I had lots of living before I had kids. I'll, I'll admit that there was things, things happened, Warren. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was a little younger when, when, uh, the first one was born, I think it was 27. So, Yeah. It's a huge difference, man. I mean, yeah. you're still a baby. Yeah, I So was. what, what do you think are the, some of the advantages, um, from having, uh, children later in life as it were relative to probably the mean out there um can you think of anything in particular first of all i'm not that old <laughs> i didn't say you're old i said older than that. older i was i was very intentional so <laughs> as an right. older gentleman <laughs> what wisdom can you give us um you know i don't i don't know i think it's a real individual thing like man graham if i could get somebody to like you know, be with me before I was 38, I probably would have, and I would have had kids earlier, but it didn't work out for me. Like I had to, I had to, I went by volume. I had to go, go through. I had to spend a lot of time figuring myself out before I could really be in a relationship that lasted long. So let's, let's get down to the brass tacks, right? Like you can't, okay. You can't have kids without Yeah. a partner. I was going to say can. Yeah. You, you definitely, you definitely can. But I mean, if my intention was to be, with a person who I present loved and have kids. yeah And um, that took me a long time to figure out. Oh man, I had lots of failed relationships and lots of just failed times as a single person that so you're I needed. well practiced is what you're saying I am well-practiced in being honest with myself yeah and fair enough working on myself. And so I think as a guy who is, you know, on the older side of, <laughs> of having young kids. your words your words yep yep Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I'll, I'll own it. Um, I'm old. I'm old. I, I have the ibuprofen to prove it. <laughs> um, you know, it's so funny. So like I'm at that point in my life where like, you know, non-contact injuries are just like a daily thing for me. Like I don't need to be doing anything crazy to hurt myself. Like I was playing Frisbee with my friend and I've been limping for two weeks. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think um, having some um, experience and having seen lots of things is helpful. I mean, Yeah. Yep. I don't have to do anything. I, you know, I'm just a, I'm a dad now and um, maybe my expectations are lower. <laughs> So, so you, you were able to put together this book and, and the podcast and you amazing stories, um, that sort of thing who, and a lot of it is taken from the perspective that you're getting in your experiences, but who is it that you lean on for fathering advice? Like who, where do you get the advice to just be other than experiential to be a better dad? I mean, my, my wife, I mean, she's, she's awesome. I mean, she's All got our so wives much. are good at telling us how to be better dads. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think she's They're pretty happy. good about not 
telling me what to do. Like, you know, it's so funny. Like, I, I remember this time um, my daughter just was completely losing it. She was probably around three and I just lost my mind on her. You know, I lost my mind on a three-year-old and I felt so bad about it. And so bad that I went to my wife afterwards and I said, gosh, I'm so sorry. I lost my temper. Like that was just so inappropriate. Um, and my wife said, oh, I get it. I totally understand why you lost your temper, but you had no strategy. You had no plan. That's what you did wrong. You need to have a plan when you lose your temper. So it actually makes sense what you're doing, but you, you, you had no idea what you were doing. And, you know, she's smart like that. Like she's realistic. Kids are just so hard sometimes, but she has um girlfriend's got like some like real great ideas about how to raise kids you know these very like sneaking spinach into smoothies ideas like yeah um it's okay to to trick your kids it's part of the game and mm -hmm. you gotta you gotta be savvy about it so yeah she's great um she's very patient with me and she's a good example of a parent you know i, I look at my wife and i often think like yes this is what i should do with them because I often forget to be playful. I forget to be on their level, even though that's like my bread and butter at work. That's what I do. Yeah. And she's really good at that. And it's a constant reminder of how I would like to be. That's awesome. That's very good. Um, so thank you for your time today. Like totally appreciate it. It's awesome to chat with you. Yeah, it's been a lot um, of fun. So book is coming out in August. Mm -hmm. they can find the podcast uh spotify apple music or apple Podcasts, all those places nurse papa yeah you can call me and i will just like play it <laughs> outside your window with the boom box just, over the, head. the boom box, the boom box yeah. what's that john kuzak <laughs> from uh what was that movie <laughs> uh do the, right, that, do the right is it do the right high fidelity no no uh nobody knows what we're talking about do they yeah. <laughs> well, anybody from our era knows knows yeah. the, what we're talking about. So, um, I'll put all the the places that uh, the people can find you in the show notes. Um, say anything. Say anything, Graham. Anything is that uh, well done, yes. Graham. I will not um, wear that that trench coat though. <laughs> when the when the book comes out, I I'd, I'd love you, to have you. Have you to do the whole thing. I have to do the whole thing. Um, when the book comes out, love to have you on again, and yeah, we can absolutely. we can chat a bit more about it and. Uh, um, I'm looking forward to reading it. Um, so I'm going to get a signed copy from you. Absolutely. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So thanks again for, for coming on the podcast and uh, looking forward to, to chatting with you some more. I appreciate it guys. It's been a real pleasure.